Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 16, a little birthday cast, 22 today. Um, going to do a lot to talk about in the NFL, we're going to get into some headlines, uh, my two biggest winners and losers of this season, my NFL regular season award winners and runner-ups, then we're going to get into my wild card weekend predictions, my wild card uh, weekend spreads, I'm going to bet, I'm going to do all of them, I'm going to even bet the spreads on every game, even if I don't like the numbers. I'm still gonna just place it. We'll do the we'll do our we'll do my predictions for that. We'll get into would you rather. Uh, we got three NFL ones. Then we have uh, who do you trust more for would you rather NBA edition three three of those. Get into some NBA headlines. Rank this list is back. College football definitely want to talk about that. Get my national championship prediction. Then combat sports we're gonna do headlines. Uh, my 2020 UFC awards. Uh, then we're gonna do my top five. Headlines heading into 2021 and the top 10 fights I want to see in 2021 that are not already booked. So let's get into the NFL. Start off some some headlines. Any chance the Rams or the Bears pull off an upset? Um, I don't think either one of them win. I think Seattle and New Orleans will beat them. Um, I think I do like the Bears to cover. I got them at I was is it at, it was at 10. I bought a half point. I got them at 10 and a half. I do like the Bears to cover. More, if, especially if Goff's not playing, and who knows how healthy he'll be if he if he does play. And we just saw them play. Seahawks defense playing a lot better now. I would I would honestly favor the Bears to pull off an upset over the Saints more than I would the Rams over the Seahawks. Um, still don't trust Drew Brees really. Um, I don't think either pull off an upset, but I like the Bears chances more. Um, what are the Redskins? Ch- and I'm not calling them the football team. I mean, come on, I've called them the Redskins my entire life. That's that's they've been the rival with the Dallas Cowboys. They're the Redskins to me forever. Well, this uh, what are the Skins' chances of pulling off an upset over Tampa Bay? Um, you know, if you would ask me this three weeks ago when I when I, Tampa's defense was rolling, Alex Smith was playing really good, and they're still not playing. Their defense still playing good, but. Tampa has found their rhythm and found their way on offense, and they look they look like they're going to be tough to beat. Um, they still are. I'm riding with them to the Super Bowl. I mean, I had them and the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, but you know, I had the Chiefs, Bucks, and the Super Bowls. It's still alive, and it's. I think if I was guessing, I would have to guess that either Tampa has the first or second best odds in the NFC to make it, and I'm guessing the Chiefs have the number one odds to make it in the AFC. So, I think. It's. I think the the spreads mine is seven and a half for the Tampa Bay. I think I like them to cover. I think they win that game by ten. I see like a twenty seven seventeen or like a thirty twenty, uh, type game, um, thirty one twenty one something like that. You know, I think they'll win by more than. I think they'll win by more than seven and a half. I think they'll win by double figures, ten though. I think, I think you'll see a Washington hang around. It'll be maybe a field goal game midway through the fourth, and then I think Tampa Bay gets a big touchdown, and then maybe a turnover to seal it. But yeah, I I well again though. God, who do I like? I like the Bears or the Skins? You know, I like the Skins' chances, though, to upset Tampa more than I like the Bears. I would give the Rams about a 5% chance to win. i give the Bears probably about a 15% chance, and i probably give the Skins a 25% chance to win. Um, I like the Skins' defense, and I trust Alex Smith more than I trust Mitchell Trubisky. So I'd actually give the Skins a better chance to win on Wild Card Weekend than the Rams or the Bears. Uh, best chance at losing in Round 1, Bills, Steelers, or Titans? We're obviously going to get into my predictions. I think the best chance at losing is the Titans. I really like the Ravens right now. They got healthy. Um, I think Lamar is going to be really 
he's going to come really pissed off. Obviously, they had what, what were the Ravens fourteen two fifteen and one last year, and got embarrassed by the Titans. I expect Lamar to come out hot, and I think they're going to beat the Titans. I would I would say the Titans have the best chance of losing. What should the Cowboys do with Mike McCarthy? It doesn't really matter. Um, they're going to keep him. They're not going to fire him after one. That's not the Cowboys' way. They're not just going to fire a guy after a year. Honestly, if he has a, I think if he has a bad season next year, they could fire him. But I'm guessing he's going to be there at least three years. Jerry Jones doesn't like to just rotate. I mean, there's a reason why Jason Garrett was there for so long. He doesn't like to just, you know, rotate head coaches in and out. Um, so, yeah, McCarthy, I think McCarthy will be there at least another two years. I hope he does well. I mean, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a true fan of the hire. I jumped on board because I'm just like, what am I going to hate my favorite team's coach? No, I'm going to root for him to do good. So, I mean, I hope he does good. I hope we don't have to fire him. Like, I hope we – because if we have to fire him, that means we're like 5-11 and 11 next year and we're bad. So, I want us to be good. So, I hope he does well and I hope he we get it turned around. And I think we will with Dak. I think we're going to have the best team in the NFC coming into next year. Um, the Redskins might have a rookie quarterback. Uh the Giants still have Daniel Jones, and we don't know how good he's going to be. The Eagles are going to have a young quarterback in Hurts who hasn't even – he's played, what, four games, three games. So I like the Cowboys' chances going into next year. I mean, if Dak was healthy this year, they would have def- easily won the division. I mean, I think the Cowboys would have at least been 9-7, and seven, but I think probably 10-6. and six, the, the back end of our schedule, the last eight games were very easy. Uh, with Dak playing, I think 7-1 and one or 6-2 and two is a real possibility. But, yeah, obviously – there's some other coaches I wanted. I wanted them to go offer Lincoln Riley a shit ton of money to leave Oklahoma, but he's going to be OU lifer probably. Um, I wanted Eric Bieniemy, the OC from the Chiefs. Really wanted him. Would have liked Urban Meyer, um, but you know Mike McCarthy it is, and hopefully we can get it turned around next year. Uh, should the Jets draft Fields? Absolutely. You, you know, and I dropped off. The, I dropped off the Fields, and I was dumb. I was dumb. I dropped off the Fields bandwagon for one week. Not thinking that they had 25 guys on, on, off, uh, not in the Big Ten Championship because of COVID. Two of their top receivers were out. Chris Olave was out and another top guy. So I, that was my mistake. Uh, Fields is an animal. Six touchdowns, 400 yards passing. The guy's a beast. The Jets should take him at two. Uh, I, I know they got Sam Darnold. Why not trade Darnold to the Colts and maybe get like an extra second? Or possibly an extra first. I think the Colts would be willing to give away their late first round for Donald because I think Donald is a really good quarterback in this league. I like Justin Fields' upside though. His he proved his arm. He's got great accuracy. He can throw the deep ball. Yeah, I'm drafting Justin Fields if I need a quarterback or if I think I need a quarterback. And I think the Jets do think they need a quarterback. And I would take Fields over. I would take Fields over Donald. Fields really Fields really flipped me. I was with him all year, and then the Big Ten title game rolled around. He didn't play well, and I said, gee, it's Northwestern. What's going to happen when you play Clemson? Well, he said, you know, everyone shut up. I'm here. Ohio State. That was the first game Ohio State was fully healthy this year. And look what happened. A 21-point ass-beating of the Clemson Tigers and Trevor Lawrence, giving him his only his second loss ever in college football. I would take Fields. Meyer to the Jags. Uh, I, I saw this with Colin Coward. Colin Coward tweeted that, uh, he, he thinks that, you know, he hears Jacksonville, Urban Meyer to Jacksonville is gaining a lot of steam. And I've, I've read, I read a lot, I read a lot on it. It sounds like it's probably going to, they, uh, this morning, was it Doug, Doug Marone, right? 
they parted ways. So Jacksonville has a head coach in vacancy. They have the number one pick. So I think you're gonna get a, you're going you're gonna see a really good head coach want to go there because they want to be able to coach Trevor Lawrence because that's it's Fields did not jump over Lawrence. So it's not, he did he. I think he made it a little more. He solidified himself as the number two quarterback by a landslide. There's not even a third. There's not even another third. It's it's Lawrence one for sure. Fields two because you could debate the next four. Some people like Zach Wilson over Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance over Zach Wilson. But some people like Trask and Mac Jones over both those guys. I've you know doing a lot of uh, you know just reading into what people think about it. A lot. Some guys like Mac Jones as the third quarterback. Some guys like Kyle Trask, um, which I am going to do the first real mock draft because it's going to be the real picks. It's going to be the picks in order. So I'm going to do my first real mock draft on the next podcast. Uh, I'm going to think I'm going to do two rounds. I'm going to do the first two rounds. Um, but yeah, I admire to the, I think it's a great hire by the Jaguars. I think Urban Meyer's a great coach. I like him in college a lot more. I love seeing him. He's one of my favorite college coaches ever. Um, I would have loved to see him go to Texas. I still don't understand the Texas hiring of, uh, what's his name? Shark. Yeah, I don't understand that. I think Herman's a better coach than him. We saw what happened in USC. I think uh, Sharkeesian's a great offensive coordinator. He is not a good head coach. I don't think that's a good hire by Texas. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see Urban Meyer coach the Jags, and you know he'll get Trevor Lawrence. You know, there's no way. I mean, I saw some. I saw a headline: Would Urban Meyer come in and take Fields over Lawrence? And I said, No way. There's no way you do that. Um, you take Trevor Lawrence. He's one of the most for sure things you you've seen out of a quarterback since since luck you know so uh two biggest winners and two biggest losers of the year my number one loser a team I was I said I said this team was not gonna make a Super Bowl run but I did say they'd make the playoffs and I thought they'd win a game in the playoffs the Arizona Cardinals man uh disappointing I think they're six and two at one point you know, you end the year 8-8, eight and eight, not a good ending. I think they're going to be so good next year. They got cap room. Um, would love to see them. I don't think they should be. I think Kenyon Drake's free agent. I wouldn't bring him back. You have Chase Edmonds. You can get a running back in the second or third round. Uh, I would, you know, you have there is ETN, Najee Harris in round one. I would focus on other things, maybe an edge rusher, um, a corner, um, a tight end. If, you know, if, uh, if Pitts was there in round one, but you could also get a tight end round two or three. So yeah, disappointing. Disappointing for me for the Browns, to be honest. It was re- or for the Cardinals, really disappointing. You know, loser number two, the Raiders. Again, a team I thought would make the playoffs. I had both these teams in. I had the Cardinals. I actually had the Cardinals winning their division. Um, and then I had, I believe, I had the Cardinals. I had the Cardinals winning the division, or they're the number one wild card. Um, but I had the Raiders in as the number three wild card. So I mean I didn't think they would for sure get in because I mean you're in the seventh spot anything can happen but I did think they would get in and they were playing like it for you know some weeks they were really playing like they were gonna get in you know they looked really good offensively they beat the Chiefs early on um, I really liked what they were doing and they just you know they I mean, the Cardinals fell off really the back half of the year both those teams just fell off uh, winners number one winner the Cleveland Browns I want to say congratulations to Cleveland I've, I love Cleveland sports. You know, I was a LeBron, I'm a LeBron fan, so I watched the Cavs forever. You know, you feel the heartbreak of Cleveland. Um, I've always rooted for the Browns, just like, you know, I was happy they got over the hump. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I'm really happy they got over the hump, and, you know, I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. They have a really good roster, really good, their defense is, their defense is better than it plays sometimes. Um, but yeah, very happy for Cleveland sports today. The Browns are in the playoffs 17 years later. 
The Browns are finally there. Congratulations to Cleveland Sports. Uh, number two, the Dolphins. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but look what happened. You have the Houston pick, which turned into number three, and you were still able to be really good this year and develop Tua, and you have a really good defense, a really good head coach in Brian Flores. I really like what the Dolphins are doing. Um, I think they're definitely going to be a contender to make the playoffs next year. The AFC is deep, though, so it's going to be a lot tougher to make it in the AFC than it is the NFC. You know, the two wildcard teams, the Rams and the Bears, I'm not sure if they, you know, those are two teams that could easily be replaced in the playoffs next year. Um, but Brian Flores, what a tremendous job. Uh, love what the Dolphins did. 10-6, uh, and six, sucks you missed the playoffs, but you had a great year, and you still end up with the number three pick because of how bad Houston was. So you can go get a wide receiver possibly or an offensive lineman to help two out. Uh, I think I, I right now I have them picking Jamar Chase at three, but uh, yeah, I'll do a little more work on that. Um, we'll see what happens. So here goes my NFL regular season award winners and runner-ups. We're going to start with Coach of the Year. My Coach of the Year is Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. 13-3, and win the division. They're hot right now. I think they are, in all of the NFL, they're the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really love what Sean McDermott did with them this year. Their defense turned it around after a slower start. They weren't as good as the year before, but they came back in the second half of the year and played really good defense. Runner-up, I honestly probably, if the Miami Dolphins would have made the playoffs, I probably would have Brian Flores, my coach of the year, but it's just slightly missing. I'm going to give it to McDermott, but two coaches from the same division. Um, Brian Flores, um, like I just, we talked about him, unbelievable job by Flores. Comeback player of the year, winner is easy, Alex Smith. Come on now. Came in, the Redskins were dead right, well, one and six, I think. He goes what five and three or six and three to end the year gets him to the playoffs. Come on, come on! That guy battles. Actually, six and two. He didn't even lose the week before they had Haskins playing. So that guy battles. What a, what a comeback story! I'm happy for him. You know, I never like to see a team from the NFC East do good, but I am an Alex Smith supporter, and how can you not be? So very happy for him. I'm glad he's in the playoffs. If the Cowboys weren't going to make it after the loss last night, I really didn't want it to be the Giants. I was rooting for Alex Smith because I like him a lot. So congratulations to Alex Smith and the Washington Redskins. Not calling the football team again. Um, congrats to him. He's comeback player of the year, and he should win it outright. I think number two is a little more debatable, but I have Teddy Bridgewater. Again, you know, had the serious injury, went to New Orleans, did play in some games, improved he could still ball, got a big-time contract with the uh, Panthers, three years, $60 million. Had a really solid year. I think they're going to be even better next year with McCaffrey, if McCaffrey can be fully healthy. Definitely runner-up in my mind. I think it's pretty easy for me. I think some people have other debates, but I think it's easy for me. Uh, Gronk's there, of course. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year, Chase Young, easy, phenomenal season. Uh, sacks weren't all there, um, but he's just he he's, he gets double teamed, so he's helping out the rest of his guys. He's that he's that much of a problem. Easy Rookie of the Year for me. Uh, runner-up is a guy I see people having third and fourth a lot. I like him as the runner-up. Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety for the Bucks. I thought he was phenomenal this year. I did catch a lot of Buccaneers games, so I did see a lot of him more. Um, I really like him. He, I think he's going to be a great player in this league for a very long time. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year. To me, if you would ask me, you know, eight, eight, nine games through the season, Herbert was running away with it. It's easy now. Justin Jefferson's got to be it, right? Broke Randy Moss's record. Uh, yesterday. Um, just a phenomenal season. Um, now, I do think a guy that would have been, I think CeeDee Lamb would end up winning it if Dak was healthy because he and Dak had a tremendous connection. I do think Jefferson is the second best receiver in this class. 
you know, Judy probably at third, you know, and I think the Raiders messed up picking Henry Ruggs, but uh, CeeDee Lamb and Jefferson are in a class of their own right now and that receiving and that rookie class. Judy's got a lot to work on, especially the drops that he had a couple weeks couple weeks back. Um, but yeah, Justin Jefferson, runner up, still Herbert, phenomenal season. I mean, this this quarterback class has the potential to go down as one of the best ever at some point. All three, I think, are are easily franchise quarterbacks for the next 12 to 15 years. Um, I like Herbert. I, I don't really know who I like. I think I like two of the least, but I don't really, I don't dislike two either. It's a toss-up for me between Herbert and uh, Burrow, who I like more, but, you know, Burrow got injured, so but we'll see what happens. My defense player of the year. I had Aaron Donald winning Miles Garrett. If Miles Garrett doesn't miss those three or four games, I think he wins it, but I got to go Donald uh, winning it, and then Miles Garrett, my runner-up. Both are just tremendous football players. It's almost insane how too good those two are. It's almost ridiculous. They're so good. They're just Donald's just a beast in the middle. Garrett's great off the edge. Just phenomenal. My offensive player of the year, Devontae Adams. Easy. I mean, the man was unbelievable this year. Him and Rodgers. Gonna be tough to beat. I worry about their defense a little. Especially if they gotta play the Bucks in round two, who've already seen them play. I know it was I know it was, you know, a while back, but still 38-10 or 41-10 whatever it was, that's a that's an ass beating. But Devonta Adams tremendous this year, Aaron Rodgers also. My runner up Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, a lot of people could say Derrick Henry here. I thought Dalvin Cook was the best running back in football this year. Um and again, same division with the with the Packers, you know, Devonta Adams, but I thought Dalvin was unreal. MVP I'm a Mahomes guy. But you have to give it to Aaron Rodgers. 48 touchdowns, what, five picks? I mean, good Lord, four or five, four picks? The guy was unreal this year. I mean, you know, I know he was really pissed off when they drafted Jordan Love. Well, Jordan Love ain't playing, you know, Jordan Love ain't playing for another, you know, it's going to be at the end of his rookie deal before he probably gets a chance to play. I mean, unless Rodgers gets injured. But this guy, Rodgers... Just elite, elite, elite this year. Unbelievable job by Aaron Rodgers this year. He's got the Packers. I think I, I think they're the second best team in the NFC. And uh, I do think them and the Bucks will play in the NFC Divisional. And I think the winner of that game will get to the Super Bowl. My runner-up is still Patrick Mahomes. Tremendous year. Kind of slowed off the last three games. But they took their foot off the gas pedal because they could. Um, the Steelers falling, you know, the Steelers falling way down. They took their foot off the gas pedal. They're going to, they're going to bounce back. People are doubting them now. Now I see a lot of people on the bills over the Chiefs. Come on now. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The Chiefs have a defense that is stingy. They, they can create, you know, Tyron Matthew can get big time interceptions. Mahomes a big, they play big time football in big time games. They don't care about the regular season. And they're great in the regular season, but they're going to really turn it up in the playoffs. So those are my NFL regular season award MVPs, award winners, and runner-ups. So let's get into... Oh yeah, we're also going to have... I'm not going to... Oh yeah, so we're just going to go... So here we go. My wild card weekend game predictions. I finished the regular season 166 and 87. That gave me a 65.7 win percentage. Last year was 79.3, so I'm down 14, you know, 13.5% from last year. So game one on there's three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Game one on Saturday, Colts Bills. I got Bills 34-23. I think they continue to roll. 
Game two, Rams-Seahawks. I got Seahawks 27-17. Game three on Saturdays, Redskins-Buccaneers. I got Buccaneers 31-21. Game one on Sunday, Browns-Steelers. Ring the bell. Upset alert. I got Browns 27-24. I think they end the Steelers in round one. I don't like the Steelers. I don't trust them. Now you're saying, well, you trust the Browns? No, but I think the Browns got a lot. I know they didn't play the Steelers starters in week 17, but I think they gave them a lot of momentum. Um, I love the Browns, and I'm going Browns 27-24. Ravens-Titans, another upset. I got Ravens 30-23 over the Titans. Um, I think Lamar's coming in pissed off. I expect him to have a really good playoff run. Um, Bears-Saints, I got Saints 28-20. I do think the Bears cover. We're going to get to that now. Uh, So game one is Bills-Colts. I do take the Bills at minus 6.5 over the Colts at home. Seahawks, minus 4.5 at home versus the Rams. I'm taking the Buccaneers, minus 7.5 at Washington. I'm taking the Browns, plus 4.5 at Pittsburgh. I'm taking the Ravens, minus 2.5 at Tennessee. And I'm taking the Bears, plus 10.5 at the Saints. So we'll get it here, my full playoff prediction. So I have the Bills... In the NFC, I have the Bucks, Seahawks, and Saints advancing. That would set up a, the second-round matchup, Packers versus Buccaneers, Saints versus Seahawks. I'm taking Buccaneers over the Packers, Seahawks over the Saints, and then I'm taking the Buccaneers over the Seahawks to get to the Super Bowl. In the AFC, I got the Bills advancing. I got the Browns and Ravens advancing. In round two, I got the Chiefs over the Browns. I got the Ravens over the Bills, and then the Chiefs over the Ravens to head to the Super Bowl. And I got the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl over the Buccaneers. That is my Super Bowl predictions. So my final uh, Power 12 post-week 17 standings. Rams at two, or Chiefs at 1, Bills at 2, Buccaneers at 3, Packers 4, Ravens 5, Seahawks 6, Steelers 7, Titans 8, Saints 9, Browns 10, Colts 11, Rams 12. So some top NFL free agent predictions. I did the top three guys. At each position, um, uh, this is just quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight ends. We'll start off at tight ends. Number three tight ends, Gerald Everett. I have the number one option for him to Arizona Cardinals, stay in the division. They need a tight end. Everett will be good there. And I got the Patriots at two. I didn't have the Patriots at uh, one in any of these because I kind of think they're going to take Pitts from Florida if he falls to them. Jonu Smith, I got him going one to the Titans. Uh, is staying with the Titans or two going to Jacksonville. Hunter Henry, I think he stays with the Chargers. If not, though, Patriots is the second option. Wide receivers. at th- uh, My third-ranked wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. I have him going to the Ravens. Um, if not there, the New Orleans Saints is another option. I don't think he returns to Detroit, though. Chris Goblin, number one, the Tampa Bay, Buc- or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two would be the New York Jets because they're going to throw him a bag. Allen Robinson, number one, the Houston Texans. I don't think he returns to Chicago. To the Miami Dolphins. Running backs. Chris Carson's my third. I uh, got him to the New York Jets. Or two to back to Seattle. Uh, Kenyon Drake. First option, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they bring back James Conner. Two, the New England Patriots. And number one running back's Aaron Jones. I'm guessing he gets franchise tagged by the Packers, but if he did enter free agency, the Bills is another possibility. Quarterbacks. Jameis Winston. Number one, the Washington football team. Two, the Chicago Bears. Phillip Rivers, one, the New England Patriots, two, the New Orleans Saints. Brees could retire. And Dak Prescott, I think the Cowboys franchise tag him, but if something were to happen, the Colts is another option. All right, so now we're going to get into would you rather. 
Um, got three NFL ones, three NBA ones. We'll do NBA ones first. Would you rather have to trust the Cavs or the Hornets? It's going to be have you, who would you rather trust? Cavs or Hornets? It's a tough one. Um, I really, it would make this a lot easier if Kevin Love was fully healthy. Um, Jesus. I'm going to s- this is a tough one. This is a very tough one. I'm going to say Cavs. Let's say Cavs. I'm going to go with Cavs. I'm going to say I trust the Cavs over the Hornets this year. I think I do. Um, Colin Saxon looks like he's taking the next step as well as well as Garland's doing really well. I think is only going to get better. They got some good vets down low. Drummond, McGee, Nance, Love when healthy. I'm going to go with Cavs. Would you rather have to trust the Clippers or the Suns? <laughs> Everyone knows how high I am on the Suns. But I think I'd rather have to trust the Clippers because I can at least say that Paul George, even when he's been terrible, he's been in big-time games. Kawhi Leonard's won two NBA titles. He's been in big-time games. I would say I'd rather have to trust the Clippers this year over the Suns. Would you rather trust the Sixers or the Celtics? I'm a little worried about the Celtics. Um, I know they don't have Kimba. Uh... I really don't know. This is a tough one, too. Um, I'm going to lean Celtics because I can't. don't know if I can trust Embiid and Simmons down the stretch in a big-time game. I think I can trust Brown and Tatum more to hit a shot than they can. So, yeah, I'm going to lean Celtics. Would you rather be running the Jets or the Jags? Jags. They know what they're going to do. They got their guy Lawrence. Now they're going to get a really good head coach. We don't know if the Jets are even going to pick a quarterback. Or if they're going to run it back with Darnold and see what happens. They see what they do with number two. I'll take the Jags. Be the Cowboys or Eagles heading into this offseason and, and next year. Cowboys, easy. Eagles got to worry about Carson Wentz. You got to worry about trying to find him a home. Um, now the relationship with Doug Peterson reportedly is uh, unrepairable between him and Wentz. So, yeah, Cowboys easily. Eagles got a tough one, tough offseason coming up. Um, have Matt Ryan or Phillip Rivers leading your team next year? I'm going to say Ryan. I think Rivers had a better team around him. Maybe Matt Ryan had a better receiving core, but I think Rivers had a better O-line and a better defense to help him out. So I'll take Matt Ryan, though. NBA headlines. Suns look good early. I told you, I think the Suns are going to be really good. I may undervalue them at the four. I think they could be 3-2. I really do. I think they could compete 3-2, even compete for the one. I really think the Suns are a good team. Um, I don't think they're going to win the. They could win the title this year, but I do think they're going to make some noise. Definitely be in the second round, possibly in the conference finals. Mavs need Kristaps back ASAP. Yes, they do. Uh, yes, they do. Luka needs help offensively. Curry goes for sixty-two, but can he carry Golden State all the way to the playoffs? What a game by Steph! He was back last night. He was so back, and it was good to see. Uh, career high sixty-two. Um, pretty good shooting. I want to say what 19 for 31 or something like that. He was really good shooting. I think he was also 18 for 19 from the free throw line. So yeah, really good night for Curry. Um, gonna be tough to carry them to the playoffs. It really will be. Um, they're not good. They're not good right now. I hopefully they can. Hopefully Wiggins and Ubre can find consistency, but they're not very good right now. How big of a loss is Dimwitty for the Nets? Again, it's kind of like the Clay situation. Obviously, a little less because he's not as good as Clay. This is a situation. They are a lot of people. I don't think people are. I think they're undervaluing how big of a loss this is. 
Uh, he's he's their second ball handler. He's their backup point guard. Even though he starts, he can handle the ball. If Kyrie needs to, you know, if he's getting double teamed or if somebody's full court press, they give the ball to Dinwiddie's a point guard. Big loss. It hurts them big time. Out for the year, I believe. So, yeah, big loss. How high are you on the Hawks still? Very high. I think the Hawks are going to creep into the top five seeds. <clears throat> I think you're going to see... Uh, The Heat, Celtics, or Sixers fall to that six. I think the Hawks get five or four. 76ers, solid start. They're, they're looking good. They're they're priding themselves on the defensive end, and they're they got it. They got the guys around Embiid and Simmons now that fit. I love the Sixers. They're definite. They're a definite contender in the East. Who is more valuable to the Celtics, Tatum or Brown? You know, Brown, man, he is playing pretty good. You know, he's uh. He's not as good offensively as Tatum, but I think the gap between him and Tatum is bigger on the defensive end. I think Brown is closer to a better, as good an offensive player as Tatum is, than Tatum is a defensive player. I think Brown's more valuable to them. I think Tatum's a better player probably, but I think Brown might be more valuable because of the both-way situation here. Will Raptors continue to prove me right? Yeah, I told everybody. I don't think, you know, they don't have depth. They don't have a big. I don't like their roster. Um, I don't think, I didn't, I didn't have them making the playoffs for a reason. I had them at like 10. I think I had them at 10. So yeah, I don't like the Raptors at all. I think, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to miss out this year. Who has the best chance of dethroning the Lakers, Nets or Clippers? Nets. Um... I like KD over Kawhi. I do like Kawhi over Kyrie, but I like Kyrie over Paul George, I think, in big-time situations. And I like their third option better than the Clippers' third option. What would their third option be? Is it technically Luke Kennard or Marcus Morris? I like Karis LeVert better. Yeah, I like the Nets to have a better chance of beating the Lakers in a seven-game series than the Clippers. I think the Lakers beat the Clippers. Again, people so overvalued. Again, overvalued a game one season of the season loss. Or the Lakers didn't lead at any point in the game. They so overvalued that loss. It's sickening. It's it's hilarious though too. It's like fine. Go Cooper beat in seven. Come on, Lakers beat him five in the playoffs. Lakers beat the Nets in six or seven though. I think as well. All right, rank this list. We're gonna get in. We got the top three greatest quarterback prospects in NFL draft history. The three most valuable championships to a legacy in NBA history. The five teams with the best chance at getting to the playoffs next year that didn't this year, NBA. And my favorite moment in each sport. All right. Um, number three, greatest quarterback prospect of all time, Andrew Luck. Uh, I mean, he, he was one of the most sure things also. Number two, Peyton Manning. And number one, the best quarterback prospect of all time. He's coming out this year, Trevor Lawrence. Most people... Uh, actually, no, I think 95% of people, if he would have left after his freshman year of college, he would have been the number one draft pick. That's how good they think he was. He's he's unbelievable. He's definitely, I think he's definitely the the greatest quarterback prospect we've ever seen. A lot of high, Now, he's got to live up to the Manning luck. I'm saying, coming out of college, who is the best prospect? He's number one ever. Uh, three most valuable championships to a legacy in NBA history. Number three, Kobe Bryant, 2009. People are going to say, well, he already had three. Yes, he had three with Shaq. And I think people gave him a lot of, uh, criticized him a lot for that. He was able to win one as the number one guy um, alongside all-star Pau Gasol and, a, and a, great, a good supporting cast. But Kobe was the number one guy and it proved he could do it on his own. 
that is a that is the number three most valuable title ever. Number two, Dirk Nowinski in two thousand eleven. You know, if he doesn't win it that year, he's probably never won the title. So it was massive for him. Number one though is LeBron's in twenty sixteen coming back to Cleveland, winning it for Cleveland. That is the big part. He won it for Cleveland three one comeback. Also, the only team ever to do that. So yes, those are the three most valuable championships to a legacy in NBA history. The five teams with the best chance to make the playoffs that didn't last year. <clears throat> okay, so I think if Miami was in the NFC, I'd probably put them at number one or number two. I have Miami at five. Oh, excuse me. I have the Chargers at five. I love their roster. I think they're going to make some moves. They're going to probably hopefully draft an uh, offensive tackle, protect Herbert, um, bring in some key free agents. I like their team. For the Miami Dolphins, I'd have them a lot higher if they're in the NFC, but it's going to be a lot tougher to make it in the AFC. Um, so, yeah, I have the Dolphins at four. I love what they're doing. They're going to have a top draft pick. They have two first-rounders. They, uh, they have some cap room, fix up some spots. Um, I believe I had them taking a receiver and a running back in round one, though. I had them taking Jamar Chase, number three overall, and I think I have them taking Najee Harris, 27 overall. Number three, San Francisco 49ers. All about Garoppolo, though, is can he be a guy? Can he be the guy again? He was, you know, I think people jumping on the bandwagon or jumping off the bandwagon too soon saying, oh, go trade for Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan best year was with, you know, uh, Shanahan. So let's go get Matt Ryan here in, in San Fran. Hold the brakes. Garoppolo was just in the Super Bowl a year ago. A year ago around this time, Jimmy Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl. What are we doing? I don't think we just throw him off the, I don't think we just throw him off the top deck yet. Number two, the Arizona Cardinals. I expect a lot from the Cardinals next year. They better take the jump. I've talked a lot about them. They better take the jump next year. Number one, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, if they had Dak Prescott, they would have been in the playoffs this year. And this is the crazy thing. There's no great team in the NFC, so I think the Cowboys would have had a chance to make a run because there is no great team. Um, But, yeah, next year, big things. Dak's got to have a big year. Zeke's got to have a bounce back year. They should, as long as they stay healthy, be very good. (coughs) I expect a 10-win season. So, yeah, Dallas Cowboys. My favorite moment in each sport. We'll start with college basketball. Most people are going to say, you know, probably Chalmers hitting the shot against Memphis. I remember it completely. I was only nine, but I still remember it. My favorite one is definitely two couple years ago, beating Duke in the 2018 Elite Eight. It was a back-and-forth battle between the Blue Bloods. Big win. Got to the Final Four. I know we got bounced by Nova, the eventual champs, but that was probably my favorite moment in college basketball history was us beating Duke in the Elite Eight. College football, Manziel beats Bama and Tuscaloosa. Come on. That's my all-time favorite. You know, you remember the play where, you know, he kind of gets, you know, runs into his offensive lineman, loses the ball. The announcer says, oh, they got him. And then he spins out, finds uh, my boy Swope in the middle of the end zone. Touchdown. They go up 14-0, end up going twenty up 20-0. I think they end up winning that game eventually 29-24, something like that. Alabama fought back, but A&M ended up winning. Uh, that's my favorite moment. MLB, not a huge baseball guy, but uh, Royals getting a championship in 2015. They're you know they're they're not my favorite baseball team, but they're I I do root for them because they're close. So yeah, that that'll probably be my favorite moment though is the Royals getting the title. Love seeing Kershaw get the title this year. That was a close second. Uh, NFL, again, uh, um, don't have any great moments as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> um, a close second was definitely the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl last year, but. Just watching a moment happen, the Pats come back against the Falcons down 28-3. That's got to be the number one. That's got to be number one for me at this point, right now. Cowboys won a Super Bowl, take over. 
But that's my number one at this moment. Patriots comeback was unbelievable. NBA, obviously, you know, last year, definitely a second, but LeBron leading the Cavs to a 3-1 comeback against the Warriors in 2016 and winning an NBA title. That was uh, that was so special. Um, yeah, it was probably one of my favorite nights ever. I uh, couldn't believe the comeback. Uh, it was awesome. Finally get one for the land. So, boxing. I uh, haven't been watching boxing too long. Uh, seeing Connor fight Floyd was unreal, but definitely Fury TK, or KOing Wilder. Uh, that was definitely the number one boxing moment for me. Getting, you know, just just ending the rivalry there. Uh, number one MMA moment Connor McGregor becoming the first two weight world champ in UFC history. First man to hold the belt, two belts simultaneously. He was the 145 and the 155 pound champion. Uh, yeah, that was the moment for me the night in Madison Square Garden where he. TKO'd Eddie Alvarez in the second round to become a two-weight world champ. College football headlines. Just go through a little bowl games. OU dominates Florida in the Cotton Bowl. I should have took OU money line. Bad decision. Just take three and a half. But big win for the Sooners. They dominated from start to finish. Uh, Florida, you don't get to use those. Well, we had a lot of players. Oh, okay, well, then don't show up for the bowl game. Decline the bowl invitation. Decline it. Don't come fucking play. If you show up to play, we expect you to play. I'm sure those betters that bet you at minus two and a half, I think it flipped in the end, though. To, I think at the very last minute, I got it at three and a half OU dogs because I bet it immediately. I think in the two days before the game, though, it changed like OU minus six. But still, you're going to show up and play. There's no excuses. You showed up and play. Don't come then, and we'll get somebody else in there. Uh, Georgia comes back to beat Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. <coughs> Tough for Cincinnati, you know. You know, you were... Uh, you're saying all year how you should have been in the playoff. Then you get this chance against an SEC powerhouse. You're up 21-10. Back come the dogs. Get the win 24-21. Kind of a kind of a rough one for uh for Cincinnati. Iowa State dominates Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Kind of what I thought. Oregon really didn't belong. They shouldn't even have been in the Pac-12 title, but I forget who had to pull out of the Pac-12 title. Some team in Utah, maybe? I don't remember. But yeah, they, they shouldn't even win the Pac-12 title. They upset USC. You know, they get a nice chance here against Iowa State, and Iowa State just pummels them. A&M has big fourth quarter to take down North Carolina. They're down 27-20 with 11 to go, I believe. End up winning 41-27. Again, A&M should have been in the college football playoff. Uh, they're definitely better than Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not saying they would have beat Bama. I think they could have gave Bama more of a challenge, though, than Notre Dame. And I know they lost to Bama by 24 in game two, they won seven straight games in the SEC after that. Come on. They definitely deserve to be in the college football playoff. Ridiculous, but whatever. Alabama handles Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl. I did, again, I changed my mind. I thought Alabama, at the start, I was like, oh, Alabama's going to win this by like 30. And then I got, you know, as I got closer, I was like, you know what? I think Notre Dame's going to make this a game. I think they're going to come out really pissed off. And I was like, they're going to at least cover the spread. Got them at 20 and a half. They covered the spread. Yeah, Alabama. Handled them. They didn't look great. I didn't think Alabama looked good at all. Um, Ohio State shocks the world. Beats Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. They were eight and a half point dogs. They got them eight and a half. It was a nice parlay between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Nailed it. <coughs> Ohio State's headed to the college football championship. And I can't wait. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, should college football change to an eight-team playoff? And how should it be? Well, I've said this so many times. Definitely should be eight teams. Uh, I think you take the five conference winners. You know, obviously from the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, all five of them in automatically. Then you take one of the group of five, that'd be a Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina this year, would have been Cincinnati, and then you take two at-large bids. 
So a team like, you know, because you would have had, so let's look at it, you would have had Alabama in, you would have had Clemson in, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon in, right? And then is your then you have Cincinnati, and then you would have had Notre Dame A and M as your at large bids. Um, that would be it's an easy fix. Then you just rank it one through eight how you think those teams should be ranked. Like probably this year it'd been Alabama one, Oregon eight in a first round matchup. Then you had Clemson two, Cincinnati seven, Ohio State three, um, probably Oklahoma six, and then you had Notre Dame A and M matchup four five spot. Even though I would have had Notre Dame as a sixth team ranked. I didn't think they were better than Oklahoma. Okay, so I was pretty solid in my college football playoff and New Year's predictions. I had Oklahoma over Florida. Oh, no, I did take Oklahoma. My dad. I did take Oklahoma money line. I had Oklahoma money line. Correct. Cincinnati money line. That's where I was wrong. Iowa State minus four and a half. Got that. A&M minus six and a half. Nailed that. Alabama to win, but Notre Dame covers at 20 and a half. Um... Clemson wins. That's where I was wrong, but I did have Ohio State plus nine and a half. And in the national title, <coughs> I'm taking Ohio State money line. I think Ohio State wins the national title by two touchdowns. I'm going to take Ohio State to win 38-24 Ohio State. That's my prediction. I think Ohio State wins 38. I'll go 38-27. point win. 38-27 Buckeyes in the national title. So now we're going to close the podcast with combat sports. Ton of headlines. Then we're getting into my... 2020 UFC awards. <clears throat> then we're going to get into my top five headlines heading into 2021 and the top 10 fights I want to see in 2021 that are not already booked. Okay, so just as this is late, 20 days before the event, uh, Michael Chandler, his debut will be as the co main event, uh, Conor McGregor's UFC 257 card. He will take on the fifth ranked or the sixth ranked lightweight in the world, Dan Hooker. Great fight. I love the fight for Chandler, and he's an underdog. Uh, love that. Love to see that. I think the odds will definitely get closer as the fight comes. As the fight gets closer, though, I expect to be kind of closer to a pick em. So if you want to get on Chandler, get on him now. Um, but yeah, that's a great fight. Is Gaethje the backup for Conor Poirier too? I haven't heard this for sure, but I was reading some things. The reason why he did not take a fight with Hooker or Gaethje was, or with Hooker or Chandler, was so he could possibly step in if Conor or Poirier has to step out because of COVID or an injury. Don't know. I guess we'll find out if that happens, and it better not happen to Conor. Uh, Shemaev out of Edwards fight, recovering from COVID. Magni Chiesa will now headline the card. Love the Magni Chiesa fight. Um, not this Next week will be, I'll do my official fight uh, predictions for the first two fight nights on Fight Island. And then the week after that is when I'll get into the Conor McGregor um, predictions. Uh, Paige Van Zant will debut for Bare Knuckle FC on February 5th. Good for her. Sure, she's making a shitload of money. That's good. Dana White says Colby Jorge is the fight to make. Masvidal Covington has to happen. It has to happen at this point. I mean, get it on the Ultimate Fighter too. That's great TV. Dana also says in a perfect world we get Khabib Connor after January twenty third. So basically, what he's saying is Connor wins. We get the rematch. Hopefully, I doubt it, but I hope so too. Um, Izzy moved up to two hundred five to take on Jan Blahovich for the two hundred five for the light heavyweight title. That is a great fight. I think Izzy steamrolls him. But we'll get into that at a later date. Uh, my 2020 UFC awards. We're going to go through fighter of the year, breakout fighter of the year, fight of the year, moment of the year, card of the year, story of the year, upset of the year, and comeback fighter of the year. We'll start with comeback fighter of the year. Uh, I did these in order. I ranked the top three. At three, I had Mackenzie Dern. She has a 3-0. and She had a 3-0 and uh, year after getting her first loss in 2019. 
Second, Brian Ortega comes back and has a huge fight against Korean Zombie and just absolutely manhandles him for five rounds. And number one, Cub Swanson. Saw him get the win a couple weeks back. Great win for Cub. He's my comeback fighter of the year. Upset of the year. At three, I have Jan Blahovich over Dom Reyes. That was for the vacant lightweight, light heavyweight title. That was shocking to me. Reyes was a massive favorite, and I thought he was going to run through Jan. I thought Reyes was the, the next guy, but yeah. Uh, Jan over Reyes is number three. Marlon Vera over... And this is my rankings. I don't go off anything else. This is my shit. Marlon Vera over... Uh, Cheeto Vera over Sean O'Malley. I know it was an injury, but still, it was a big upset. And then number one is easy. Roxanne Martafari over Macy Barber. Macy Barber was the next up-and-coming 125-pounder. And I know she hurt her knee in that fight, but Martafari got a unanimous decision win. It was a massive upset betting. I think she was like a plus 1,100 dog. Um, story of the year, number three, Fighters Against Socialism. You know, they had a bunch of marches with the Trump family, uh, you know, to for the fighters going against socialism. Obviously, I think it was a great campaign. And I liked what they were doing there. Number two, Story of the Year, Fight Island. The creation of Fight Island, that's how they pretty much got through this COVID times, was creating Fight Island and obviously having, you know, the bubble in Vegas as well. And number one, Story of the Year, is definitely COVID-19. Took a lot of the main events away. I think it took the last six. End up taking the last six main events away. So hopefully that streak ends. Hopefully no one gets it with Queen Connor and Poirier. Um, but yeah, COVID would be story of the year. Card of the year. My number three card is UFC 253, Izzy vs. Costa. Number two, UFC 252, the greatest trilogy in UFC history, Stipe vs. DC. And number one card of the year goes to UFC 249, the first card back in Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida, I believe, Ferguson Gaethje for the interim light heavyweight or in, interim lightweight title. Moment of the year, UFC being the first sport back during the pandemic is number three. I think it was really cool. Dana got it all together. You know, they got everyone good. Testing was great. So I think they said spent about 17 to $20 million this year on testing. Um, Khabib's emotional win in retirement. That was a great moment. Uh, end his career on top as a lightweight champ. We'll see if he really stays that way, though. And my number one moment was obviously Connor's return against Cowboy. Special, the crowd you know, going nuts and you know just getting the knockout quickly. And vintage Connor just looked powerful, strong, and looked back. Fight of the year, number three, Poirier Hooker. What a five-round brawl that was. That now sets up Poirier McGregor. So, yeah, great. If Poirier doesn't win, we're, probably not, we're not getting Poirier McGregor right now. Might be getting Hooker McGregor or Gaethje McGregor instead. Uh, number two, Davidson Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno into a majority draw. So that was an unbelievable fight. Uh, it was obviously the last pay-per-view of the year. So that was awesome. Number one is easily Whaley Zane. You want to get check the greatest women's fight of all time. Maybe the, just the simply the greatest fight of all time. It was a war. I thought Yoana won. It was a close fight, though, and I think they should run it back at some point. Breakout fight of the year. I know he only fought one time. My number three guy is Yuri Prochaska. I think he's got a chance to be a champion at 205. Guy looks phenomenal. He's a little wild at times, but... He's definitely on number three. Uh, number two, Hazmat Shemaya. People are going to say, really? Hazmat's only three. should be number one. Number two, he's only two. He should be one. No, I don't think so. I didn't fight anybody good. Number one is Kevin Holland. He fought some good fighters. Um, the Shaka Ray knockout was very impressive from his back. Uh, yeah, Kevin Holland is my breakout fighter of the year. Now, my fighter of the year, number three. I think my top two is pretty easy. Number three was Jan Blahovich. I think he went, what, didn't he go 2-0 this year? He beat, did he beat, uh, who did he beat before Reyes? He beat somebody really good for Ray, is he not? He went 2-0 this year, though. Look at that. Blahovich, though. 
Number three, new champ, has a chance to take a lot of star power, has a chance to put his name on the map against Izzy in March. Number two, Kevin Holland, he was also a breakout fighter there. He also went 5-0 and in seven months. In seven months, he had a 5-0 and record. He's number two. Number one is Davidson Figueredo. I know he had a draw in his last fight, but what a breakout year and just what a year for the flyweight king. And I can't wait for the rematch against Brandon Moreno. All right. My top five headlines coming into 2021. At number five, will Khabib stay for sure stay retired? I'll guess what I think on these. I don't think he does stay retired. I think he'll come back. Four, is he potentially fighting in three weight classes? People are saying, people are saying, what? And Well, John Jones said he's never leaving heavyweight again. So is he beats Jan, does he go up to heavyweight to fight Jones? Um, I'm going to say he does do this. I think Izzy will fight at heavyweight this year against John Jones. Uh, three, will Nganu get the gold? Obviously, he's going to fight Stipe next, probably not till April or May now. I think Nganu will KO Stipe Miocic. Two, Dillashaw's return. Can't wait for it. He's definitely coming back. Hope we don't know when, but he will be back soon. Can't wait for that. Will Connor finally be back back? And by back back, I mean will he fight more than once this year? I do. I think he fights two times at least in the UFC. I think he'll compete three times this year. It just depends what will be two in the UFC, one in boxing, or all three in the UFC. Top 10 fights I want to see in 2021 that are already booked. Number 10, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega 2. Path to making this happen. Holloway beats Cater. Ortega beats uh, Volkanovski, which I think Ortega will, and I think Holloway will win. Then you set up that rematch. Uh, a great Tony Ferguson, great fight for him. Nate Diaz. I heard Nate's itching for a challenge. It's not going to be Masvidal. It's not going to be Connor right now. Ferguson's a great fight. Stand up war. I want to see that happen. Eight. Cheeto Vera Sean O'Malley too. That must happen. Cheeto coming off the loss to Aldo. That rematch must happen this year. Seven. Flyweight champion Davison Figueredo versus Cody Garbrandt. How does this happen? Figueredo needs to get past Moreno, and then that fight can happen. Uh, six, Usman Colby 2. Uh, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington rematch. You definitely want to see that. How does it happen? Usman gets by Burns, and Colby gets by either whoever he fights between uh, Mazadal or possibly Wonderboy or Leon Edwards. Um, number five, Dillashaw versus the champ. I don't care who it is. I just want to see TJ fight for the belt. Four, Jones and Ganu. Who doesn't want to see that? And then number three, Jones and Izzy. Again, who doesn't want to see that? Number two, fight that has to happen. It must happen. It's the number one fight that should happen this year. Colby Jorge. How does it not happen? This fight must happen. Colby Covington must fight Jorge Masvidal. And number one fight I want to see in 2020 that is already booked. Habib Nurmagomedov versus Conor McGregor 2 is the fight I want to see the most. I think Conor fully trained and fully ready is a different fighter this time against Khabib. Will it change the outcome? Only time will tell. Well, thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll talk to you later.